0: hey there welcome to motorcycles and misfits here at the wait a minute we're not at the recycle garage what's all that noise what is all that noise We're here at the Dirtbag Challenge on Treasure Island. San Francisco. For those who don't know, Treasure Island is an island just off of San Francisco. It's in the middle of the Bay Bridge. And it's a lot of warehouses and an old, like, naval base. And this is the first year that they've tried doing it here at this location. And we are in front of the Moto Guild Co-op Garage Space and in this amazing area. So, Douglas, just try and explain where we're at. We're at the end of this street.
1: Yeah, you got a prime spot here. We're at the end of the street. Uh, if you look directly ahead of us, all the bikes, uh, well, the spectator bikes are lining up as people slowly start trickling in. Uh, the contestants' bikes have not arrived yet. We're kind of just sitting around waiting for them, but there's um, lots of people down yonder. There's a band playing, as you can probably hear. Uh, Moto Guild's also got, like, a gear thrift shop that we're going to go check out in a bit, and the bikes rolling in are looking really cool.
0: And then right Behind us, we, so we've set up our little camp here. We've got the Jeep and all our bikes. We've got a barbecue going, coolers, drinks. And we are 30 feet away from the bay, from the water that we're looking out at Berkeley and Oakland. It's a beautiful sunny day. We couldn't have asked for a better day, really. But we're also in the middle of this industrial area, so we have chain link fences and yeah, concrete blocks and, and, and warehouses and, and, and metal scraps on the ground. RVs, storeyards yards, and stuff. It's the perfect place for the dirt bag challenge. It really is. So um, I think it's an opportunity for us to go around and talk to some people, see who's here, and see what they uh, have been building.
2: Okay, so we're coming to you live from Dirtbag Challenge 2017, we're here at Treasure Island. The dirtbaggers haven't even arrived here yet, and it's 430 so hopefully they'll be showing up. So what we're doing, we're doing random interviews of people we know in the crowd. So right now I'm being joined by... Gregory Beck. So Gregory. I know you're a long time motorcyclist, I know that you know Paul Brown very well, and we were just talking that you
3: were right there when Paul got the idea for Dirtbag. It wasn't wasn't an idea with Paul, it was a rant. We were at a friend's shop uh, and uh, Paul was ranting about the price of motorcycles and choppers and Harleys and crap and he got a Yamaha 650 and that's how it started
2: fantastic and that was 2007 oh, oh or 2006 no, 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 no it way was way pre-
3: earlier than that right it was the, I, the the idea was way earlier than that i don't know the year that it actually started uh, like it is now but uh, i
2: stand to be corrected i think last year was year 10 Which would make the actual official start of of Dirtbag. I'll go go with that. Um, What do you think of the
3: new venue? Oh, I love it. I I was stationed here during the Vietnam War for a while.
2: Oh, so you know. I was
3: was just (laughs) telling Leanne that I I was on a destroyer sitting right around the corner here.
2: Fantastic.
3: I missed my high school graduation because I had to go out and scare some Russians away. Okay, so um, what are you riding these days? I have a 1950 Triumph Thunderbird. I have a KTM... The bike with the dustbin ferry, and I I got an R1 M Yamaha, I got an R3 Yamaha, I got an R100 GS BMW.
2: Now when we last met, you were on the R3, Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about R3s because I've been a big champion of the R3 over the years. It's a very, very humble bike, but what a great
3: start for somebody to get into motorcycling. It, It does everything really well, it's light, it stops quickly, it handles fairly well it has a whole bunch of instrumentation that i don't even know what half of it does <laughs> you got to read the owner's manual
2: right but they're a great little bike and a lot of people are getting a very very good start on r3s i always say if bikes were that good when i started i wouldn't have fallen off
3: quite as much as i did yeah um i think riding a bike like an r3 like at a track day is really healthy because you, you tend to learn more about corner speed and, and breaking into the corner where on a big bike you just kinda depend on the horsepower. So, how long have you been messing around with motorbikes? Right about 55 years.
2: Anything that really stands out in your memory about a bike, we've all got that one bike, you think, damn, I wish I'd never gotten rid of that.
3: I built a Suzuki TL1000R, and I did, I raced it, at Willow Springs, and I did a lot of track days on it. And it was such an awesome motorcycle. I'm sorry I sold it.
0: Emma, you're grilling.
2: You walked away in the middle of an interview. I Forgive me, I'm doing two jobs right now. We're <laughs> grilling hot dogs as well for the hoy poloi and the hot dogs were burning, and they were yelling at me from behind. The TL 1000 is an interesting bike. Suzuki brought out this thing, it was an evil handling bike. Now, Suzuki's fix for the handling was to detune it by 50 horsepower, give or take.
3: Well, that was the, the TL1000S. Right. Well, and it wasn't really evil handling. It's it just that some idiot in England crashed on one and blamed it not having a steering damper, which, right, right. which was a load of crap. But the TL1000R, the motor was different. The, the, the lower end was different. Everything was different. And it was a pretty good handling bike. The reason it wasn't successful is because Suzuki and their innovation made this rotary shock on the back. Right,
2: it had a very peculiar. It shock. worked
3: okay. You just couldn't tune it. So for a race bike, it was silly. Right. I simply changed mine to a to a Olin's kit, and it worked flawlessly. AMA wouldn't let a manufacturer do that at the racetrack, and they just came out with a really kick-ass GSXR 1000.
2: So that was History.
3: Can... Yeah, that was it.
2: Fantastic. But for a
3: V-twin, back then that stock with 120 horsepower at 11,000 RPM was amazing. Right. Amazing. You know, they ran them on the mile. And the Harleys, the best tune Harleys were putting out maybe 115. And these guys were putting TL motors in there, leaving them bone stock and kicking the Harley's butts.
2: <laughs> oh, absolutely. And 115 horsepower is a built Harley. Yeah. That is an
3: extremely yeah. built yeah. Harley. Yeah. But
2: yeah. And if we look right behind us, we'll see the legacy of the TL1000 in the, uh, in the old DL1000 there. Yeah. And you know, yeah. that's what's become of it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's great talking to you. Um, have a wonderful dirt bag. Nice seeing you again. Good seeing you. It's a um, small world, huh? It is a small world. We're always reminded of that. Yeah. Thank you.
4: Hey, this
0: is Liza. I'm here with Douglas and Kat. And I wanted to just take a walk and look at the bikes that are parked here. These aren't bikes that are in the competition. These are just the, the bikes of the people came to experience a bag. And something that I love about this there's nothing you will not find here. It's a little bit of everything. Right. So More diverse. Let's yeah. talk about. All right, so what are we looking at here?
5: It's a uh, thing.
4: It's an Indian.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's
4: super cherry, nice. Looks like it's uh, garaged Indian. And it goes down the line, and we've got all types and shapes and sizes. And it's the Dr. Seuss Arena of motorcycles.
0: So we got an Indian Chief bagger here in flat black. Really nice bike. Uh, just beyond that,
1: Harley Road King, yeah. black and chromed out, bruh.
0: And this looks like a '90s Road King, I want to say. And then next,
4: got a Suzuki
0: something. strom It's a bagger. V-Strom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got a V-Strom 1000. And then we've got
1: the KTM 690 SM. Nice. All right. That's a nice you got corrected 650. By the owner.
0: And then we've got a Harley Springer. And then uh, this is going to be a, like a uh, one of the glides, classic. And then over here, this looks like a night rod. And then what do we got over here?
1: Triumphs Thruxton 900. Nice.
0: Yeller,
6: checker. Checker though. paint. It's a good butt. It's got a good.
0: Butt. <laughs> yeah, the cafe racer. Let's go down here and see what else we got. I'm actually surprised how many Harleys. Well, I guess not. The dirt bag is a. Chopper Build-Off, except specifically not Harleys. Harleys are not invited to join, but we got a lot of nice Harleys here. This looks like a Dyna with a nice Corbin seat and uh, that would Behind be... Liza,
1: there's a Ford Expedition back <laughs> windshield.
0: Uh, here's a custom with a peanut tank and an SNS Super. Nice little solo saddle and some drag bars. And then over here, what do we got here?
4: Uh, we've got a... God, I don't even know what it is. It's, um, it's Yeah, we get to play this game. <laughs> is,
0: it a, is that a Jixer? It's a Suzuki. So I think it's a Jixer 750. Jixer 750? Yeah. What do you got here, Doug?
1: That is a Honda Elite scooter.
0: That's, yeah. yeah, or is it a Helix? Maybe like, 250? I don't know. Was uh,
1: standing over a KLR six fifty right now. A killer. Yeah, the killer. 650. KLR six
0: fifty. All right, we're going to go around the corner here, and now Emma is joining us. Emma, we are identifying the bikes that we're seeing just walking Hello, along darling. here. What can you describe what we have here?
2: Okay, what we have here is a looks like a sixty nine or a seventy Honda CL three fifty. Yeah,
0: those nice scrambler pipes.
2: Beautiful high pipes on it. It's had a light modification done to it. The big turn signals are off. He's got mini turn signals on it, Triumph style tire light, flat back paint job. Really, really nice little bike. Really nice little bike. Those beautiful high pipes.
0: And then right next to it,
2: mid 60s Honda CB160 Twin. Yeah. I mean, this is, in fact, it might even be an early 60s one.
0: Now, this looks like it was kitted for racing. I mean, it. Well, it's it's a cafe racer, definitely, with a stock tank. It is
2: definitely a cafe racer. It's got, it's got the stock tank. It's got a cafe racer. Clip-on season. bars.
0: All the electronics have been relocated. It's
2: very tasteful. It really is. It's a great-looking little bike. Um, and these are the bikes that really kicked the Brit's ass in the mid-'60s, and nobody took them seriously, and guess what happened? Right.
0: But now, over here, John Dalton, uh, hey, can you going? describe what you're seeing? What is this? Okay,
2: this is an Aprilia.
0: It's black. It's short. The name is right Ducati, on it. Boy, it is called a Tuana. Twa- I, <laughs> I don't know this tuna. bike, but it's pretty awesome looking. And then, all right, and Douglas, you want to try and describe what is
1: this? That's a Ducati.
2: <laughs> it is a Ducati.
0: It says Kagiva on it. Horn. But it is, yeah, the Kagiva Ducati. Uh, That is like a cafe racer. What? Is this like a 74? What is this? 78? 82. Oh, 82. Yeah. All those hard lines. Really nice. And as we go down, here's another KTM dirt bike. We've got a Versus. We've got a custom Harley. This is Johnny's bike. Here's a Triumph. Uh, another Versus, some more Harleys, Honda CB400 Supersport uh, Oh, here comes the riders hey, hey. Okay. Oh, this is awesome Oh, and here they come Oh my god, Emma, you have to describe what just rolled by us. Do your best,
2: please. A motorcycle just rode by with a giant five foot tall black dildo on the passenger seat. With
0: foaming bubbles coming out. Foaming bubbles coming out. And a guy sitting backwards stroking it rapidly.
2: While it exploded. It's quite exciting, really. Wow, I mean. Wow.
0: I've not seen anything like that. So while uh, we're going to walk in and go check out the bikes, we'll get back to you. Hey, so I am here in Moto Guild, which is the new home. Well, outside of Moto Guild, the new home of the Dirtbag Challenge, and I wanted to come in and check it out. This place is amazing. amazing, and I came in here and I found someone working on an awesome bike. What's your name? I'm David. Hey, David, how you doing? You want to describe what bike you have here?
6: Sure. Uh, this is a, 90, a Honda 1976 uh, 750 Super Sport. Yeah. So a little rare. Um, it, what's fun about it I believe is this is one of the first bikes with a rear disc brake.
0: Uh, is it the F? Uh,
6: yes, exactly. Yeah. So that made it kind of special in 75. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um exactly. I love these little things. I love I have two Hondas, a BMW. <laughs> um, so what I've been doing here, I love this place is I just swap my forks out.
0: Yeah. Well, so what kind of uh, what kind of triple is that?
6: So this is from this place called Cognito Moto. They make beautiful stuff. They make fork conversion kits. So I didn't convert my I didn't convert mine, but what you can do yeah. is convert it from a 750 to like GS a Jixer or GSXR forks.
0: But these look like stock forks in here, these yeah. They're
6: still the stock Honda forks, but the reason they do that is a lot of people want to put bigger disc brakes in the front. Right. So what you do is you go from Honda to GSXR forks, a Jixer hub back to a Honda rib. And then it gets you the big disc brakes. Pretty cool. Aww, I'm nice. not gonna do that on this one.
0: And uh, wow, so you, you're staying with the stock carbs?
6: Uh, well, I modified them a little bit too. I got velocity stacks I on can here. See that? Um, they smell like gas all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, what I like is they have like a really, you know, like a micro mesh filter screen in there. Oh, nice. Yeah, right in the rain. But um, putting the velocity got this thing called a shorty
0: cone. Uh, it's like a Dunstall.
6: It's yeah. It stops it up a little bit. That breathes heavier, and then this stops it up noticeable torque.
0: So you get the back pressure yep. that you need, yeah. and I see that you've done some modifications on the rear on the seat rail. Yes.
6: Um, actually.
0: Oh, that's a wiring harness we, you're holding. No return.
6: <laughs> Here is my wiring harness out of the bike. Um, so what I'm gonna do is I like this stuff. So many people thought of these things. I'm not trying to advertise for these guys, no, but no, um, that's
0: that's great. Our listeners want to hear these a in a
6: German company called MotoGadget. And this replaces all the native electric.
0: Shut up. This thing is the size of a cigarette pack.
6: And it does does, does all the switching. It doesn't do need fuses. You don't need anything. It's called the M-Unit by Moto MotoGadget. Um, and it basically just does all the, it's the brain of your bike. And you don't need all those components. So
0: you stick it under the seat then, but you still have to run the wires to your lighting and such.
6: So all I'm going to have left is I have a mini battery, mm-hmm. a regulator rectifier, and the solenoid. And it cuts your wiring harness down by like 70%. It's just going to have like 10 wires and that's it.
0: And Because you don't have everything running up to the headlight and back. Yep. It just minimizes. Your
6: headlight bucket is gone. You just plug them in here. It plugs right to the battery. You just run the wires straight out to it, and it takes care of everything. It does all the logic, all the switching, the blinking. um, Dude, that's awesome. The ignition, everything.
0: So are you staying with the stock rear shocks?
6: Uh, No, I'm going to put new ones on, too, later on. Um, Just uh, what I do want to do to this bike is um, because I put this stuff in the tail here, I don't have as much tire travel.
0: Right. So
6: you need progressive shocks that, you know, yes. basically they get stiffer the, the higher it goes. So
0: Yeah. So basically you've got the loop on the back and you've only got mm, a few inches yeah. from the tire. So what I got
6: to do is I got to get a, a gas, you know, progressive shock that I can basically tune. So then, you know, when it gets closer here, it's going to get stiffer. Nice.
0: And then are you sticking with the stock tank? Yeah. So we, what we have is the super sport tank, which is the long tank with the inset yep. gas cap. Are you going to modify it? Yes,
6: I am. <laughs> uh, what's your plan? <laughs> Nothing sacred. Uh, what I'm going to do with this is, so you don't have a key, you know, it has the metal flap that comes off. You weld it shut and you buy what's called a gas bung from a Harley, just the round screw cap one, and you weld that in. So then you just have a screw cap. Uh, and then the reason
0: for I that, like that trick.
6: I don't need a key is for this unit here. Yeah. Check these out.
0: Okay, these, these are, are some. Looks like some micro switches you'd see on a chopper. Programmable
6: momentary switches. Instead of having all you know that ignition switch and all that stuff, these basically run to this unit, and you can program a sequence, so you don't need a key.
0: Okay, so you've got. All right, you've got a clamp on either side of the hand, hand grips, huh? that is a has two buttons on it, and the whole clamp is like three quarters of an inch wide. Yeah, and smaller, so more two waterproof uh, like brushed dirty. aluminum waterproof buttons. Yep. So you can program them for turn signal start or whatever you want. And, and you can program
6: them to have a start sequence so you don't need a key. Because so words, it's a digital. I, I, I could go like, you know, 331 and then, then the bike starts.
0: Nice. So this way you
6: don't need a key for the whole motorcycle. Shut up. Yeah. And
0: then you got these nice micro gauges on here too. Yep.
6: These were from eBay. I can't remember from who, but yeah. Just, just nice stainless. Trying to keep the look classic, you know?
0: And so you're staying with a manual Speedo? Yes. Yep. Staying with a manual Speedo. Uh... Now, the engine, are you going to polish the engine? Are you going to do anything? Because this still has, it's aged, we'll call it.
6: I know, right? Um, Yeah, so this one I got really lucky. I got the proverbial garage queen, 7,000 miles on the motor. What? Yeah. This guy had 20 of them, and his wife was just like, get rid of one of them. Wow. I got lucky. Yeah, the motor, so I'm not going to do anything to the motor besides, you know, black it out or paint some of it, polish the the aluminum, but 7,000 miles on the motor, I'm not going to touch it. It runs great. Eventually, I have a seventy-two, seven fifty as well. I want to do the big board kit, you know, where they put the yeah, yeah, just to get you know. Then new- you to an eight fifty. Yep. So we'll see.
0: Nice. Well, thanks. Congrats. Thanks for taking the time. By the way, I, so I'm fun. Liza. David. Nice to meet you. you thanks soon. a lot. Cheers.
6: Yeah, this place is great. I mean, I'm not up there, guys.
0: Yeah. All right. So as I said, we're here at Moto Guild for the first time, and I've come in to start peeping around, and I'm seeing so much stuff, so many awesome workstations, and I'm here at the counter with somebody who looks very important. What's your name? Wilder. <laughs> Wilder. Do you, like, own this place or something? My
7: wife and I do, yeah. That's awesome. We're the owners, yeah.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So, how long have you guys been in business? Because I know this is newer, and you've had a, been at different locations. How long have you been here, and how long have you guys been in business?
7: We opened in South San Francisco in 2011. So we're right about our six year anniversary right now. Um, we were there for two years, needed to expand and move into a better location, so we went into the city for, um, and we went to Petrero Hill, um, where we had our shop for two years. Um, lost that building, um, and couldn't find anything else in the city, and we ended up here on Treasure Island. So we've been here about a year and a half now.
0: This is awesome. So. I'll be honest, I grew up in Oakland, and I've never been on Treasure Island.
7: Yeah, there's not a lot of reasons to come here.
0: No, but now that it's, like, you guys are here, I'm like, oh my God, this is, uh, this is a treasure. It really is. So how is this location working out for you?
7: Oh, that's great. it's great. It actually turns out to be really good, yeah, because we get a lot more East Bay people because we're kind of in the middle of the bay now, and, and we have a lot of room. Um, we have a lot of outdoor space now, so we can host events like this. Yeah, it's working out
0: good. Yeah. I did want to say thank you for hosting this, because as somebody who's been attending the dirtbag Challenge for years, I was kind of concerned when Paul said last year, like, we're not going to do a party anymore. Yeah. Like, the cops are shutting it down. Yeah. So was this your idea, or did he come to you?
7: They came to us, yeah. yeah. We know um, a couple people that know Paul, and that's how we <laughs> met Paul and um, talked to him about it. Officially, we're not, we're not hosting it through the shop.
0: No, it's on the street.
7: It's on the street, yeah. but we've had several events here like this. Not Nothing this big. This is the biggest, for
0: sure. Awesome. Well, I want to get you guys to come down to the podcast and talk more at length about the shop and what you're doing and what your future plans are about taking over the rest of the country.
7: We'd love to, yeah.
0: We'd love to talk about it. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Yeah
2: sure. yeah, sure. Okay, so it's Emma. We're here at Dirtbag Challenge 2017. Now, the thing you need to know about Dirtbag it's kind of dominated by guys, so I'm with... I can't remember the last time two women competed in it. Can you? Uh, no, no, not at I, all. You're the, you guys are the groundbreakers. So I'm with... Stephanie Sappelos, Elena Tess. You two built a bike. Tell me about your bike a little bit. We were
4: very fortunate to have our bike donated to us, and a vast majority of the work and pieces we cobbled together, either from people who donated to us, or
2: we bastardized it off of one of the Mm -hmm. nine bikes in my garage. It was
5: was definitely a community effort. Yes.
2: Okay, so as far as I can tell, you started off with a Suzuki Katana from about... 83. 83. Shaft drive.
4: And... uh, Basically when the bike like a year ago the bike was running and then it was parked for a year So we didn't really know. We didn't and, know what condition
5: uh, it was in, didn't whether know if it was going to run, run. So, the front of it looked like a spaghetti monster All the electrical was just hanging out, loose wires cut, all this There was no controls,
4: no handlebars, like nothing and we kind of just cobbled, we figured out it was going to run. That was number one, right? But this was already four weeks into it, so we were a month behind. Yes. We kind of did behind. it the old-fashioned way, like the one <laughs> month. midnight. Super budget. Midnight. And it was in her uh, road for quite some time. Two weeks, and we move it to my garage. And once it was in my garage, by the time we got to my garage, we had already determined what needed to be done, what pieces needed to be collected, and then just the work needed to get done.
2: See, let me tell you, when you rode in, that thing is running hard. So you've got it running just so. Now we're going to get to the obvious feature of the bike in a moment. I want to. I want you to just say what what the ride of dirt bike was this year you started at two o'clock right tell me basically what you did this afternoon on that bike where you went
0: well um. we
4: started yesterday and we rode all the way up through novato all the way up past 20 and then out towards stonyford to go camp somewhere out in
5: undisclosed, uh, location. undisclosed location it's top secret sorry. it is it's very <laughs> top secret's fine it. yeah
4: so, but we went all the way out there, and the last stretch of it was this gnarly very, dirt road. Yes. Super crazy, and the bike barely made it, because the whole front end, like the it's wheel bearings wobbly. are off.
5: The it, steering it bearings are issues. off.
4: I mean, the whole thing pulls to the left. Like, you have to fight the bike to get it. And we managed to make it up this dirt road to up, and we camped. And then this morning it was a mad dash to leave the bike wouldn't start so today all day we've been bump starting it the whole Mm -hmm. way home that's been fun um but it's been nice we've had a combination of beautiful twisties and then um some highway um we had the most fun on the highway
2: i'll (laughs) bet you did so that's gonna dovetail neatly in let's talk about the um, dominant feature of your bike
5: the bike is very phallic in nature. It's a um, big black cock mounted on it, the back of it. It is. Um, we have a special obsession. With penis. <laughs> so the tank is camo penis. Camo penis. And which the was back, a 2 a.m.
4: delirium. We,
5: we we certainly had a lot of help with this sissy bar, which is the phallic object on the back of the bike. Yes. And we created the, the penis Concept. head. Concept. Uh, the, the concept was, was that, that kind that of was came ours. together In, the, in yeah. the very beginning Before we even knew If the bike was going to run or work uh, we, knew we knew what our theme was going to be, be right.
2: oh. And you know, I'm going to cut to the chase here Your bike for a city bar Has about a th- four feet tall black man's dildo it, it,
5: three it's, it's, a, it's three foot
2: tall but it's girthy isn't yeah, it i mean it's it's it, quite it's girthy. Nice. it,
5: it has it's one very prominent vein in it Running. um <laughs> and it has a very special feature it, it comes when it, we make it ejaculates
2: it. It. and of course that was the thing we noticed <laughs> most of all because yours is an interactive <laughs> exhibit isn't it i mean you actually uh who did you share the stroking of it or um, um
5: she she was the fluffer for this. I, this time I took the reins on it. Uh, uh, I took the lead, and uh, I kept everything running. Yep. And she mm-hmm. she fluffed it up, and I you know the I touch. I have magic hands. I have a mm-hmm. I have a
4: magical touch with a penis.
2: No, I can tell. Yes. No, I can, you can tell. tell. Okay. I- it's a fantastic exhibit. I think you guys are going to win. I really do. I, I think know. you're going to do extremely well with it. We, we it's a crowd favorite. It,
4: so. <laughs> Listen, the fact that we finished, the fact we're, that we're, we competed, we're so stoked we built this bike. It made it the
5: whole way and back. We and, didn't die. And just dive. to do it with this group of people, these guys were phenomenal. Amazing. It was a great community. And coming in here and seeing all, all the faces, we have a bunch of friends here that greeted us at the end. So... That that feeling is worth all of it. Everything.
2: Yeah. You know, I've said it many times over the years. I'm going to say it again. You know, the biking community, if you yeah. want to talk it's about inclusivity right. and mm-hmm. true yes. friendship... Yeah you find it right here in the biking it's community
5: it's, it's it and
2: is. you two are living proof of that what a fantastic effort I think <laughs> we, you're
5: we couldn't have done, it, couldn't with have done it with anybody else, else. <laughs> <laughs> we would have killed somebody, somebody right else here. I, love those I
2: sincerely hope you guys win thank you thank for the you interview so <laughs>
0: thank you so much I was so happy to meet you alright and of course it wouldn't be a podcast without Bosley Bosley would you like to make a comment
3: You've
1: been
2: coming for a long time. Oh, yeah. um, Well, it's been happening in
1: my backyard for many, many
2: years. Okay, so tell us your name, and I would like you to tell us a
1: little bit about your bike. Okay. Uh, My name is Guido Brenner, and this is a 67 BMW with a Euro sidecar. I've owned over 30 years, and... I just bring
2: it out and have fun with it. Now, I'm looking at the Speedo, and I'm seeing 91,315. I've gone through a few engines in the 30 years.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you you ride this thing. Oh, I beat it. I mean, look at the back tire.
0: I'm guessing it's worn more on one side, because you're usually on two
1: wheels. But I've even had radial like a a round tire on here, and you just wear flat spots in it so fast. So it's like you got to go with either a Ural or or a Metzler or the Avons are the only two companies that make the square tires. Right.
2: So, Guido, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. How long have you been messing around with bikes? Longer than
1: 30 years, I'm guessing. Oh, I've been into vintage bikes before I've been into vintage cars. And uh, just kind of all my life since i was 16 15 Just okay got into it so it's been a while yes okay now um do you ride solo motorcycle or you you really yes. yeah i commute back and forth to santa cruz a lot on a bike
2: okay well that's where we're based in santa cruz which bike would that be
1: uh, well uh, several this one uh bmw a 1999 bmw or i've got a 06 triumph I mean I've been riding many, many years, I got lots of bikes and I just I rotate.
2: But you're known for showing up at the dirt bag on this outfit. So there's there's something right. about this. I've been
1: riding sidecars for a long time and I've gotten really good at trick riding.
2: Right, so we noticed that. So you you were doing burnouts in a circle, you were uh, and on, the on chair. vintage
1: shit. It's hard to do a burnout on vintage bike.
2: Right. So these thing actually must make good power. I mean, it's or
1: reasonable power. No, you just got to know how to pitch it in a turn and just twist the throttle
2: and have fun. Oh,
0: I think, I think they're about to announce some winners. Should we go find so, out? Yeah,
2: Guido, thank okay. you so much, my dear. It's a Very pleasure welcome. talking you. to you.
0: I look forward to seeing you here every year. You're part of the flavor of this whole event. Thanks. Yeah! All right, so I'm back... In Moto Guild with Emma, there's such an array of bikes in here. So I don't know if these are bikes that are being worked on or bikes that are for rent. But we've got some amazing bikes. What's this, Emma?
2: Um, this is a little Yamaha TZ. I think it's a 125. It's a full race bike. It sure is. It's a full race bike from the mid-70s. And I mean, this is everything that Yamaha knew about racing back then it's a wonderful machine super lightweight as well
0: but better than that we have the man the myth the man himself the legend Paul Brown how's it going Paul
8: I'm wankered <laughs> yes you are
2: no Paul you are a wanker honey but that's why we love you
8: you know what I don't even have energy for wanking Emma I'm <laughs> yeah. so fucking beat would you like, well, would you like to sit down uh, if you guys, oh, yeah let's go sit down let's go sit down and we'll I'll ask you like some a, questions I can be like a thorn between two roses over here <laughs> so yeah have
0: a seat so all right paul so you were on our podcast um well about a a little over a year ago
8: somebody had a camera (laughs) look at that did you see that did you see how i did that (laughs) and
0: a camera appeared come here
8: come here come on come and try (laughs) it
0: all right yeah so they've got these awesome couches here in Moto Guild, and we're sitting in front of a TV watching races. Oh, we're right next to the consignment shop with gear. There's so much going on. But I want to find out. So, Paul, last year I was really concerned because you would started getting a little burnt out on the, yep. the dirt bag, on the party, the, the cops coming down on you. You wanted to just focus on the bike building event, and you actually amped that up this year. So you made some changes to the rules. You want to describe what you
8: changed? Yeah, we um, upped it from uh, $1,000 to two, from one month to two, and uh, the ride we upped from a 100-mile minimum to a 300-mile minimum.
0: That's crazy. Well, but it, uh, it, it have to the tell challenge. you, I'm
8: very happy with my decision, because this year has been the best year so far. Really? Because we had so much fun riding so hard, we rode hard all fucking weekend and you know people broke down and there were shenanigans like that and running out of fuel and all that but at the same time everybody came through we all like everybody helped everybody else and honestly like there ain't nothing to nothing builds a community quite like sitting around a campfire and telling stories right right so It was just so much... You know, here's the truth of it, girls. It was so much fun. We had... Sorry. We had so much fun. And really... um, Really, at the end of the day, that's what this is supposed to be about. You know, um, I... We put in a lot of work. Um, My buddy Alex... um, he works extremely hard, <laughs> and he has to put up with me. Um, so, uh, you know, there's a lot of organization goes into it. Um, and my buddy, um, Justin <laughs> Mustache, he also worked really hard because he organized the route this year. And then because of the fires, we had to change everything last minute. Nice. So we had to rewrite our whole route. And, and both our campsites so there was a lot of last-minute changes and it, there was a lot of work involved and we don't do this for money so at the end of the day it better be fun and this year was the most fun it was the most fun I can remember having with my clothes on ever That's I think fantastic. now what do you think of the new venue well I love this place it's got so much character it's um, an awesome location. It's uh, nice and secluded.
2: And I noticed we ha- we had a visit from the fire department. We had a visit from the police. But they've mostly left us alone this year.
8: Yeah, well, I think there's a different attitude a little bit here on the island. Um, and also, it's we're inside the gate here. When we were out in Hunters Point, people would tend to spill out all over the street, as you saw. Um uh, and actually, party in the street proper, and I think that that was one of the things that bothered the fuzz, is that we were, you know, all over the show. So now this place is a little bit more self-contained. But I have to be honest with you. Even though everybody loves the party, after party, it's my least favorite part. I know which yours. Yours is the ride. It's the ride. You no, know, here's the thing, I Emma. Mean, you and I both grew up in the same country. Yes, we did when I was a kid, and even when I was a teenager, when I was in the army, I used to be glued to like Easy Rider and American biker mags. And there was uh, a couple of British bike mags that were similar, you know. um, And what it was all about was going riding, camping out, and having fun with your friends. And I grew up, I came up as like a, a little kid, wannabe biker, that's what all the older people were doing. So I guess that's what I want to do. And it was the most fun. I mean, everybody likes to do something different, but just hanging out with good like good people. Some of them people I'd never met before Friday, now we're all best friends. Because
2: and we share this common bond of
8: biking. We, we shared a common experience and we share a common bond of biking. And everything was, everything was, was better than I could have hoped for.
0: Can you, was, can you talk about the, what you built this year?
8: Uh, well, actually, um, I didn't build the bike I intended to build this year. I originally um, was building a Goldwing with a kickstart of a 75-year-old. Right, we, right. So we talked like, about, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know I'm building a low rider. I'm not building... You're building a cafe racer, right? No, it's, it, mine's a weird
2: thing.
8: Okay, mine's a weird thing, too. <laughs> <laughs> But here's what happened was, um, so I built it with a kicker, but then I broke my foot three weeks ago. Oh, Oh, well done. Yeah, well, you know, I was riding like a cunt at the time, so I totally deserve it. I'm such an asshole sometimes, the way I ride. Um, I got knocked down by a car. It was totally my own fault. I really was riding like a turd. Um, But the kicker was the only way to start the bike. And I couldn't kick it, so I had to completely rethink my build. And so I built a bike with an electric start. And what I did was I, I'm building a bike for a buddy. I talked to him and I said, "Can I use your bike for dirt bag?" And I like hurried up and made it sort of okay. Road. I hurried up and made it sort of roadworthy. Is what so, I did. So, so what's it? What's it based on? CB 400. That's
2: a good choice.
8: Yeah, it's. Um, I love the engine. It's got excellent personality. Um. It makes you can't kill it. I've been revving the fucking piss out of that thing. I rode it to LA down the freeway. That same bike, Um, and I've been trying to kill it. And it apparently—I did kill one of them um, when I was racing a guy on a 650 Triumph Bonneville. But I did beat him before I blew the engine up. (laughs) And true, it could use a little more horsepower and some longer legs. But it's quite happy, happy rather. It's quite happy revving away all day. And. the engine responds so well that I built everything around the engine. All, pretty much all that's left from the original Honda is is the engine. I kept the down tube, because, the front down tube, because it has the numbers on, but yeah. matches the engine. And I kept the rear um, seat post because the rear of the engine bolts to it. But everything else I, I made or put on it myself, and I'm really stoked with it. Um, it handles great, it's fast enough for the highway. It cruises at like 80. So, um, and it will do more to pass traffic and stuff. So, yeah. And I I, I know this is your MO, Paul.
2: It's always functionability. Always function. Always function first. So, I'm going to cut to the big question because I know you're busy. I know you're getting called outside. Last year when you talked to us, I think we went away thinking it might be the end of dirtbag as we know it.
8: A lot of people did.
2: Um, this has breathed new life into it, and you have got new life breathed into you.
8: I think so. You know, this ain't the end of Dirtbag. No, there's not the, this is not the end of Dirtbag, but I can see a lot more riding in the future of Dirtbag than I can see big shows like this. In fact, this is quite a small show compared to what we used to do, and that is uh, on purpose on my part. Right.
2: But this is a cracking venue. I absolutely love it. It's a nice and venue. And uh,
8: they've been very accommodating. We, we were super stoked. Um, I don't think they kind of knew what to expect because we were a bit loose around the seams and I'm ragged all the time. So um, I think they kind of went out on a limb and they invited us over, but we're super happy to be here and we hope that they're happy to have us here. You know. Uh, you know, in my
2: opinion... I think dirt bike really represents some of the best that motorcycling has to offer.
8: You know, you know it's interesting. Dirt bag attracts a, a completely diverse spectrum of people. Yes. You know, um, and that was totally reflected by, like, around the campfire over the weekend, we had a uh, um, design engineer, Julian, you know, and um, we had a carpenter, We had a welder, myself and Jason's a welder and um, we had a couple of tech guys. It was like everybody hanging out, a couple of teachers as well, a couple of school teachers, you know everybody hanging out regardless of what their background was or what they do for a living, the thing we had in common was motorcycles and everybody having a great time together and I actually think the world could use more of that
2: I agree I agree with you completely and you know my opinion on bikes somehow we've escaped in this politically correct world in this world where you can't even pick up a can of tomato soup without a warning on it somehow we're still allowed to swing our leg over basically a two-wheel missile yeah. Yeah. and ride it down the road
8: and it's Shh. wonderful let's not say it too loudly yeah exactly
2: because <laughs> once the suits find out how much fun we're having yeah
8: but it's great. Cold dead fingers, man. Absolutely. Cold dead fingers. I'm not giving up my bike oh, a, ever.
2: W- a world without motorbikes in it would be a very w- dull world for me, Emma. Paul, it is always such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Your guys. Your
8: vibrancy
2: is, is you. infectious. I've
8: got to be honest with you girls. I don't feel very vibrant right now. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm really tired. Um, but, you know, as tired as you are, you can't roll in here and not have a good time. You yes. know, when everybody's like hanging out and looking at the bikes And everybody's enjoying themselves. It's infectious, and you can't not enjoy that. So,
2: you to me, you look like a bloke who's just had a corking weekend.
8: Did had a fucking blinder. (laughs) It was superb.
2: And you're showing it in every expression on your face. (laughs) Well done. Well done for putting on. You know, the best.
8: Well, thank you. I'm very flattered. But you know, I say this every year, and every interview I try to remember to say this. It's very important. This is not about me. This event is not about me. It's about the people that take part in this event. Because if it was just me hanging out in a parking lot all on my own, that would be no fun at all. All right? So I had a lot of help putting this event on. Alex Mayer, Justin Martins, Brim Plaud, my friends, and all the people that built. That's what this is about. It's not about me. I'm just some dude that had an idea once, you know? And again, I said, I say this every year. If it was just me, that wouldn't be much fun. So, it's again, I appreciate the compliment, but the thing is, it's all about everybody that takes part. It's not about me. It's about the community, as you guys know. Yes, yes, it is.
2: And Liza, God bless her, really says the same about Recycle Garage. Recycle Garage and the motorcycles and misfits are far bigger than any one person. Oh, absolutely. It's bigger than Liza, it's bigger than Miss Emma. Or dog or cat or anybody else.
8: Same thing. Because if if Miss Liza sat down there in the garage, motorcycles and doing motorcycles and misfits all on her own and wrenching in the garage all on her own, that'll be she might have fun on her own, but that would be a little bit boring, right? <laughs> it's all about the community, dude. And again, I grew up in a motorcycling community and that's kinda all I know. And I know that there are different parts and we have different subcultures within our culture. But I just love the fact that everybody could come together and hang out, man. Right. You know?
0: I appreciate it. Well, thank you for putting on a great event. We just enjoy coming here and walking down and looking at all the different types of bikes. Thank you, guys. Dirt bikes, classics, Harley, sport bikes. There's everything here. And that's what we love, the community that loves everything. So thank you very much,
2: Paul. Well, Isa, that's it. Dirt Bike 2017. It's It's just a memory.
0: You know what? I'm... I'm so relieved that it's back. And even though we're, we are part of the tourists, we don't really participate other than we come and just enjoy just the street vibe. But I, I think, um, you know, something that Paul mentioned, it was getting out a bit out of control when it was on the street before. And I think everyone, including ourselves, we behaved a lot better. We didn't bring any of our chariots or we weren't doing wheelies like people usually do. I think we recognize that this has a, a new new chance and that if we just come and and we're tailgating and barbecuing. I saw some other people barbecuing. I saw a lot of people with dogs. I saw more people with children here. And you can have just a street party that's not a total hooligan event but is still badass and fun.
2: Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I mean, the hooliganism is still there. If you go to uh, dirtbag. 2018, you're going to smell burning rubber, you're going to see smoke from back tyres, you're going to see all the things but yeah, I mean it's it, it was a lot more controlled this year, um, we had a good time I mean, we barbecued hot dogs, hamburgers um, had soda we had a lot of vistas to our little encampment um, what was your favourite part of it this year?
0: um you know, I, I mentioned to Kat at one point, I thought it was funny that, you know, we closed the garage and we came up here to the dirt bag and we set up our chairs and we all sat around talking to each other, just like we do back at the garage. It was just a new environment, but the same group just hanging out. And it's that type of thing, the camaraderie and running into people, like I saw Clay and uh, Steve Fushi and Mean Megan and Antonio and a lot of our friends. And they all dropped by and were able to hand people a beer or a soda and, and a sausage and just kind of hang out but also walk and admire the bikes and the thing i noticed too is that you know we're talking about how it still has its its badass hooliganism but the the focus was more on the bike builders it was less on the people coming and just doing burnouts in the street to be hooligans which again was us we weren't stealing the thunder we were just appreciating all the bikes there, all the bike builders, what they've done, the organization that Paul has done, and the Moto Guild garage, which was really cool. Um,
2: yeah, you know, I want to talk about a little bit about Paul because you know Paul's a cool cat. He plays it really cool. And if you would, if you go to Dirtbag, ostensibly, it 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 looks like very loose, very freewheeling you don't realize just how much work goes into it and i know paul and his team work their ass off and the harder they work the better time we all have and i mean you can't get away from that equation
0: exactly and you know i want to say also you come here and you're inspired to build when you see the bikes that they're building on a budget they're crazy combinations of bikes and you know, it makes me start thinking, maybe we should do this. <clears throat> and then I go, no way. The, it's not just that you have to build a cool bike and it's not just that you have to build a cool bike in a certain time frame and with a budget, you then have to take it on this grueling ride that, that Paul has set up. And by grueling, there are sections of like dirt roads you're going on and camping out and, There's no support vehicle. There's no truck to pick up your broke-down bike. You know, as he said, you have to help each other keep their bikes going. And that's what's really hardcore. And I have a lot of respect for the builders who do that. Because, yeah, you know, it'd be fun to build a bike, but to build a bike with a time frame, with a budget, and then go do that grueling ride, that's some hardcore shit. I really like what they're doing.
2: I do as well. And I was absolutely blown away by the bikes and just the standard of the bikes this year um you know that extra thousand bucks has made all the difference the bikes have been elevated really from very rough thrown together to very cohesive machines um i was talking to the two girls who did uh, let's call it the dildo bike um (coughs) And the work they put into that machine and the riding, it's it, it's amazing. I mean, a minimum. I think uh, I think they said they did 360 miles this this they year. Did two up on that, right? And riding two up all the way It's amazing. And on dirt roads. Now this bike was based on the Suzuki Katana, which was a marginal road bike in its day and worse off road. So to complete that, it, it's a fantastic achievement for all the builders. So um, my hat's off to them. I think it was wonderful.
0: Speaking of road, I did want to explain that we're recording the end of the podcast in the Jeep as we're driving home. So that sound that you hear is all the, all the vibrations in the Jeep. And uh, I wanted to thank Crystal, who's sitting in the back being quiet as a peep. Say hi, Crystal.
2: Yeah, exactly. Crystal's joining us for the first time. You know, um, Crystal, is this your first Dirt Bag?
5: It is actually. It was really fun. What, I
2: mean, what do you What did you take away from it? Um, I know you enjoyed visiting with the people and the bikes, but anything that really stood out for you? All the uh, energy. I like the energy. All the uh,
4: passionate people. Um, the creativity. I don't know. Just uh,
2: the energy. Isn't she fabulous? And she's got a Greek accent as well. Um, No, it's... Dirtbag is a unique spectacle. It really is. And it's become part of San Francisco and a whole of the Bay Area motorcycling culture. I mean, it is a must-visit event. And I think the new venue this year, in my opinion, has really given it a great deal more life for me. When we had Paul in the studio last year, I really thought that it might be the end for Dirtbag. I mean, he was burned, and it it just seemed like, as it was, Dirtbag Dirtbag had reached the end of the road. This, what we experience today, it's really, it's elevated it completely. What do you think?
0: I would I would agree. It's um it it's changed but it's for the better and I feel like it kind of matured and evolved. And I look forward to participating again next year, especially now that we know the new layout and um yeah. I, I'm glad that we have the dirt bag here in our backyard. It is a unique event.
2: Should we do a bike for next year, Liza?
0: I just told you I don't want to do it. It's, I mean, no. It's grueling. I mean, it is really hard, what they're doing.
2: Y- yeah, I'm kind of with you. I'd, I'd love to, you know, I love building bikes, but oh my God, it is, it is grueling. And besides, my bike would look ridiculous, because pretty paint job on it, and like, oh, I've got to have that bit chromed and everything, because, you know, Emma don't do rust, you know that. Um... But God, I'm looking forward to it next year. I really am.
0: Me too. So um, I wanted to thank everybody for sticking with us for the Dirtbag episode. Sorry we haven't gotten to any emails in a long time. But keep, go ahead. Keep them coming. We are going to be ramping up the episodes to come. We've got some upcoming events in a few weeks. First weekend of November, Jim and I are going to be down at the Twisted Throttle event with uh, Creative Writing down there in san diego it's going to be flat tracking and hooliganism it's going to be a lot of fun so i think that's it um and emma one thing we should mention
2: that's right if anybody listening is going to babes ride out um look for me i'm gonna be there with cat p and uh sonia who's eh, a fairly regular contributor to motorcycles and misfits and who else am I going down with? Ségolène, um, who's a wonderful loony Parisian who rides a Sportster. So um, look out for us at Babes Ride Out. I'll give you all a full report when I get back. So I'm going to miss next week's podcast because I'm still going to be in Joshua Tree. Um, it's been a great day. I've had a wonderful, wonderful day. I think we all have. Looking forward to next year. Please keep your emails coming. I promise you we read every single one and we love them if any of you patreon people want to ask me questions for Ask miss emma please go right ahead your questions are always very very welcome so i think that's it liza so it's good night from me
0: and from liza And the whole gang, thanks for listening. And don't forget to go to MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com. From there, you'll find the links to our YouTube page, to our Patreon page. Thank you for for your support. You can also buy a T-shirt or a mug there. Anything that you're looking for, you're going to find at MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com.
2: I particularly recommend the Motosexual T-shirt. I think it's still our bestseller. (laughs) It is. Alright. Thanks again listeners. See you next week.
4: I was tired. Yeah,
1: I was
4: going turn five. I
6: was probably a Plus I went down like a of I a a
1: she is. I thought it was a treble. The
6: only part of it that feels weird is that it's really. very you Come up with some cars. I'm doing have to think about passing. <laughs> as soon as you can see a little bit, you're like, like
4: it makes I'm it really so excited. I'm a little scared of how much my insurance is going to cost, oh, and that. I'm a little. Nice. I yeah, that's,
6: that's like six oh, six six
1: yeah I mean you're fucking
6: going though.